My name is Elizabeth Elliott, and I am the executive director here at Alabama Contemporary Arts Center. I am so happy to have you all here. This is a big crowd. We have very, very limited seating. If you're able-bodied and you know someone needs the seat, once we get a little bit deeper, Abe's gonna... We started this project two years ago. Abe came to me with this wild idea that he had been going out to these rural churches to look for an undocumented form of music. And what he found there was so much more than the music, so much more than anything he expected to find. It's been two and a half years in the making and we couldn't be prouder. The podcast, what Farrell and Abe have done with the podcast is phenomenal. This is the worst situation to try to see art in, looking over people's shoulders and sort of elbowing. You need to come back and spend time with this exhibition and this work when there aren't a couple hundred people here to wrestle with. It, could possibly take you a week to read every story, to see every portrait. QR codes link to field recordings. This is a project that doesn't go wide, it goes very, very deep. And take the time to spend with it because it is a reflection of a huge commitment of time and energy and love that both Abe and Farrell have put into this community. So. Without further ado, I'm going to give you Elizabeth Gibbs, the narrator for Alabama Astronaut. Good evening. Thank you all for having us. I wanted to briefly share a story. During COVID, when COVID first all started happening and everything was very new, and we were living on a farm outside of Houston on 13 acres. And one night we were making dinner and Farrell came into the kitchen and he goes, listen, Abe is traveling and studying the music of serpent handlers. And I was like, really? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And I said, I think you should podcast this. And he was like, no. It is totally a visual thing. You have to see the snakes. And I was like, no. And so I think it was born that night in our kitchen. And uh, here we are today. And I can't thank Abe and Kathy enough for allowing us on this very wild ride. And it has been my pleasure to be part of the project. And I thank you all for all of you who have come out tonight to support Abe, and secondarily, Feral. Starting right this moment, we are recording season two of the podcast. So I'm gonna start it like I start them all. This is not a podcast about religion. This is not a podcast about the five signs of Mark 16, of handling serpents, drinking harmful substances, or any acts of great faith. This is a podcast about songs, songs of them who believe the signs that have never taken their rightful place on the shelves of Americana. And perhaps that's because they are songs about handling serpents, drinking harmful substances, and other acts of great faith. This is the story of an ex-preacher turned songwriter, artist, and song catcher 
who took a $750 Sony handheld recorder along with an open heart to churches across Alabama, Kentucky, Tennessee, and West Virginia. Tonight's field recordings were captured at the Alabama Contemporary Arts Center in Mobile, Alabama. This is Alabama Astronaut, hosted by Farrell Gibbs. Satan, your kingdom must come down. I haven't been in front of a lot of people in three years, and y'all are a lot of people. Okay, first of all, I'm Farrell, and uh, I'm a podcaster out of College Station, Texas. And uh, real quick, I want to fix something that I missed when we put together the credits for Alabama Astronaut. We did not mention drummer Greg DeLuca, who's conducting tonight's podcast recording. He's the drummer on some of those rocking serpent handling songs that you hear in the podcast. He did it the hard way. He did it backwards. Abe and I went up to Middlesboro and recorded the people playing and then brought them back and then he played drums behind it. So he did incredibly. So Greg, thank you, my friend. Thank you for all that you do for us. I grew up in Mobile. I had heard of serpent handling as I came up in this area, but in my life, I had never heard it described with respect and acceptance and even admiration like Abe has done. I've been a musician for over 20 years now, and I've tried to make a lot of music over these years. And in 2020, when Abe first dropped all of this on me and we began to become really close, he told me to my face, that in 100 years, the only thing that people are ever going to remember about me is my involvement in helping to preserve this piece of history that you see here. <laughs> How hardcore is that, by the way? Students of anthropology in 100 years could be listening to these recordings going, my God, you know what I'm saying? Everything else we ever did probably forgotten. <laughs> Anthropologists 100 years from now could be listening to all these field recordings thinking, my God, and everything that you and I ever did will be forgotten. And that may be true. I do think that when the smoke clears from all of this, when people really begin to conceive of what Abe has done, I think they're going to say that he was indeed one of the great documentarians of our time. That very thing already happened this week. There was a show out of New Hampshire with a panel of four professional podcasters who tore into our podcast, Alabama Astronaut. They spared no criticism. Yet, one of the hosts on the panel, the one who was the most critical of all, he said this, what Abe has done, it's like when they went to Skull Island and dragged King Kong out of it and put him on display for the entire world to see. What an amazing, amazing comment that is. doesn't stop there. Yet another host on that panel said these remarkable words. I am an avowed atheist, yet suddenly I have faith in Christians again because of what Abe has done. That's an amazing thing to say. And a lot of people heard it. Those comments went out to a devoted listenership around the world I believe the reactions that we are witnessing to what Abe has done are uncommon. 
People it resonates with, trying to behold it as it's happening is hard. But I think people 100 years from now are going to have perspective. I think those people will indeed call Abe a great documentarian, but I also think with that perspective of time, they could also consider what he did as a believer who professed faith throughout this journey, an act of great love, like other religious acts might inspire people. So since this is being recorded for future use anyway, I want to aim the rest of this introduction to the folks 100 years from now, those anthropologists listening along who have that sort of perspective. I want to make this appeal to them, if I may. People of 2123, I'm sorry that my music didn't make it into your times. <laughs> and Abe's neither. But this is not about music. This is not about art. This is about me making the case across a century's worth of time that what Abe has done here should represent the very best of who we were back in 2023. As you can hear from some other recordings of Abe, yes, he says cuss words that have to be bleeped out sometimes of interviews. And yes, he screams like a maniac in a punk band and he grumbles about certain political figures. And yes, he even said that he'd rather see Marilyn Manson burn a stack of Bibles than to listen to Christian pop music. <laughs> but what did he do when it came time for him to act? What did those choices reflect about who Abe was, what he truly believed, how he truly felt, and who he truly loved? You can actually go on YouTube he told me a hundred years ago. We can speculate about what people are going to say. And we can actually go on YouTube and see a bunch of the prefabricated responses that are immediately going to jump into our inbox upon release of episode one. <laughs> Abe was worried. He knew that there was a career at stake. Depict this group of people as he had come to see them, which is as friends, as humans, as exceptional in some cases, and he could become known as that crazy Southern Alabama songwriter who was indoctrinated by snake handlers, who probably went and handled a snake himself, and who's probably nuts, and who's definitely a sinner. This that he did was not a mission trip. In this century, we define mission trips as someone going to another part of the world to spread their faith through good deeds. In that scenario, the missioner stays on his or her own turf spiritually, mentally, in complete control of the narrative. But that's not what this is. This was Abe relinquishing everything the day that he went searching for something deeper in Middlesbrough, Kentucky. He did not come to, quote, spread his faith. He went to humble himself and at great risk to himself and to his family. And in the process... He has become one of their greatest champions. I'll leave you with this. Listeners from 100 years from now, this is a seed that my dad planted in me when I was a kid and one that Abe came along to nurture. And this is how I frame Abe's journey myself and how it changed me. When I was young, we had a church on Cody Road and it was filled with people who were very devout. They cared a lot about following the tenets of Christianity. And my dad and my mom, they were both highly respected members of this church. And so when I went to dad one day with a question I had about God, I thought that he might perceive my thoughts as something 
sinful, sacrilegious, rebellious. And so I was nervous, but I asked him anyway. I said, Dad, how could God create himself? How could God just always just be? But he smiled. And though he could have made me feel sinful for asking such a question, because maybe that sort of thinking is tempting God. Instead, Dad said, that is a great question. And my answer is, I do not truly know. And I imagine, Farrell, that everyone else doesn't know too. What a great gift that was for my dad. And I believe that he thought that our greatest commonality is that we don't truly know, but that we don't know together as one, all of us. All of that to say, right before I left Mobile for Texas, one day Elizabeth pointed out that for five miles in any direction, there were 18 different churches. One Walmart, 18 different churches. Even the church I grew up in, the one I just mentioned on Cody Road, two different churches at one time sat across the intersection from us. I'd walk into mine on Sundays. They'd walk into theirs. And I'd think to myself, even as a kid, are we all so different beneath the umbrella of Christianity? What Abe has demonstrated most to me over the past two years is that perhaps the next best thing, if you cannot provide absolute, concrete proof of the existence of God to a person who is seeking it, then perhaps you can be known for the manner in which you love others, particularly the ones who are loved the least. Ladies and gentlemen, from 100 years from now, ladies and gentlemen here at the Alabama Contemporary Art Center and all of you who consider yourselves to be the one of the 10 of the 1,000, my friend, your artist for the evening, Mr. Abraham Partridge. Well, I didn't know what he was gonna say. I hope, I hope y'all didn't believe all that. No, I'm joking. Thank y'all for all coming. I'm blown away by how many of y'all decided to come. I know a bunch of y'all came from a long ways, too. I've done seen a bunch of y'all. Who, who came from further than Texas? Anybody? Where'd you? Oh, yeah, California there. Yeah. South Texas, Maryland. We got some Maryland. Thank y'all for, for being out here. I started, uh, uh, you know, I was a preacher, and I, I preached at a church in, uh, in Middlesbrough, Kentucky. tried to preach there for what, two and a half years and uh, I built a little church uh, I built up a congregation and then uh, they all uh, I went up there I got called it was a church about 60 people and then I ran them all off the second Sunday <laughs> and then uh, I spent the next year building it back and then I built it back up to about, uh, we were running about 40 or 50 again on a good Sunday. Maybe we'd have 60. And I had a guy leading songs. 
for me and I won't get into all the reasons of, but I, I blew it up again <laughs> and then uh, it got to be where I was just preaching to Kathy and Evan and Abby <laughs> and uh, during that time I was ready to go I was ready to come back home and um, I met this preacher who I painted over here and it was one of the handful of times in my entire life where I knew that I met somebody that knew God and that's only happened a handful of times in my whole life but that happened that day and I know that may sound spooky or whatever but it's true and um, I didn't agree with him and so at them days in my life, I had to have a regimented type of belief system to allow myself to mold or be moved by somebody else in that way. So I wrote him off. But I never forgot that feeling. And then um, here's another spooky story. I got called to pastor that church in Kentucky. I prayed and asked God if he wanted me to go up there and pastor that church and I sat down on my chair one day in my trailer in a place called Trimble Hollow in Adairsville, Georgia. I put a Bible on my lap and it opened to Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse number 11 and I don't know what you know about the book of Deuteronomy but it ain't got a lot of good things to say. <laughs> But in it, Deuteronomy 11, chapter 11 says, The land whither ye shall go to possess it is a land of hills and of valleys, and it drinketh water of the rains of heaven. And that was God telling me to go to Middlesboro, because Middlesboro was a meteorite crater. Every time it rained hard, it flooded, because there wasn't nowhere for the waters to go. So I went, on, I went up to Middlesboro with a promise, and uh, I didn't possess that land, and neither did God. And uh, I left there and I felt, I felt like I was a failure. <sighs> and since, since 2007, I saw no, I saw no, um, I saw no reason for my suffering. But now, standing up here on this platform tonight, I see reason because I met Jamie Coops there and you can listen to podcasts but through a long long series of circumstances it led to this thing here which has been the most satisfying and meaningful thing that I've ever had any part in in my whole life So uh, I'm glad that y'all are all here to be a witness to it. All right. Now this is the one I might have to look down. So uh, you know, I try to maintain communication with my wife and my children while I'm on the road because you know that's a good thing to do. And uh, these churches are always far off the beaten path. This is a song I wrote for my, 
about trying to communicate with my wife when I'm on the road, while at the same time trying to talk about these really deep philosophical and religious things <laughs> with bad reception. I ain't never really played this, I don't think, in public, so uh, I may screw it up. Honey, I'm calling from the mountain. Reception ain't that great. And I've been trying to find a reason for living. And I've been gambling with my I've been sitting at the feet of preachers who were exiled for their faith and I've been hoping to cast out my demons while visiting the graves of the saints cause you know once I burned with a message I had a burden that I could feel and I traded my youth for heaven but I never found it to be real but I still cry when I go to singing I still whisper them holy prayers and my faith has been waxing and I thought I lost it for a couple of years So won't you baptize me in Jesus' name In the cool waters of Carson Springs And I still ain't sure what it means to be saved But now there's something so pure and simple faith You know, baby, I traded my Bible For a guitar and some paints Now folks say I got a unique style But it's mostly just agony and pain But Preacher Morrow's been telling me of Jesus He's been trying to show me the way now, darling, it ain't just what you're thinking But I'm starting to believe just what I heard him say Now, if I took my fear to the poison And washed it down straight night After all that we've been through, darling Would you even be surprised but now it ain't that I'm tied to these scriptures but forgiveness is so hard to find and I've been seeing salvation in these servants and them that follow the Lord in the signs so won't you baptize me in Jesus name in the cool waters of Carson Springs. 
things and I still ain't sure what all it means to be saved but there's something so pure and simple faith thank y'all Thank y'all so much for being here and being part of this. Some of y'all drove from a long way. Satan, your kingdom must come down.